Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello. Uh, are we still saying hola? Uh, no. Should it be more shalom, perhaps? Ah, right. Well, we'll explain that in a minute. But um, just uh, in case anybody's tuning in for the first time, this is a podcast where we look at funny, amusing, banal, sinister local news stories uh, across the UK and sometimes even the world when we get submissions. Listeners submit stories they found. We read those out on our listener story segment of the week. Um, Yeah, that's basically the podcast. But Rob, last week we had some big news, didn't we? Because basically what happened was... Some film director in Argentina, if I'm recording correctly, that's right, yeah, who has half a million followers on Twitter, yeah, on International Podcast Day, sent out a tweet with a link to our Twitter account, yes, somewhat mistakenly, we believe, because he meant he was just saying the podcast, yep, which is the podcast, the podcast, it's in Argentina, but but it, but it came out as LA podcast, so we. We presumably got a well. We got a, we, you were getting retweets and retweets and retweets, weren't we? That's right. So just to clarify, what the confusion was is he meant to hashtag the podcast. Now I think um, what is the podcast? The podcast is a bi and transgender podcast based in Argentina that right. looks at gender roles within films. So you know, very close to our to yeah. our thinking. Um, Kindred spirits. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, uh, even the podcast is actually a play on words because. Um, I think if I'm right in saying that La is the um, male, I don't know. The, well, this is getting too intellectual. It was explained, it was explained to me. Because you contacted I, him, didn't you? I, I didn't contact him. I was oh, in right. contact with the podcast. Right. And we had a very nice exchange over Twitter uh, about... Um, Are they going to mention our podcast on their show? Uh, no. Did you ask them? Uh, no. Could, I should have done. Why do yeah, you not do that? Why don't you ask them? Say we get, just say, after this episode, say that we gave you a mention on this week's podcast... Yeah. So what's it called? A Le Podcast. Le Podcast, yeah. which can presumably be found on iTunes and is yes. a, a podcast. I think we actually may have stolen their Twitter. I think they wanted the Twitter handle a Podcast. Uh, but, yeah, but you know what? We'd already claimed it. Rob, this is the market economy. Exactly. Dog eat dog, etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, tweet them, Rob, and ask them okay. to give us a mention. Um, and, and then that led you into doing some research, didn't it, Rob? Just to look at who was, who was visiting our website. And you found something quite astonishing. Yeah, I mean... We never realised that our, our page, as in the... Uh, LAPodcast.net. Uh, nice. Uh, actually shows us a breakdown, gives us a cross-section, or a, a, not a demographic? Yeah, demographic, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Of uh, where people download the podcast from. Now, we were expecting a huge surge in patrons from Argentina, where we had one. Uh, but surprisingly, the country that's down, or at least viewed the page most over the course of last week was... da 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 Israel. Israel. Yeah. That was a surprise. Thousands of people from Israel visited the site. And after that, the next after that was the United States. And we've always known we have a lot of listeners in the United yeah, States. Yeah, yeah. And can I just say, if any of our United States listeners are listening, please send us a story. How many, st- what, are, what are there, uh, 50 states? Yeah, I, th- 50 I, I st- don't know how many people in the US, but I mean... Just something like 270 million. Yeah, yeah. The point is, the amount of good local news stories going on in whatever state you live in in the United States, please look at your local news site, wherever you are, if you're in Washington, if you're in Seattle, if you are in Boston, wherever the hell you are, look at it. Oh, Detroit! That's in the US. Yeah, Rob, we can name all the states. Oh, if we, want. Right. we could do that one episode. It'd be quite fun, see yeah. if we can get them all. Yeah. Um, I've visited many of those states myself, and I know... There's some crazy goings on out there, just like there are in this country. So if you found a story, please submit it to us. Because we've only ever had one listener story from the United States, and that's Parker. Yeah. And Parker, if you're listening... Two listener stories. Yeah, from Parker. Oh, I see. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. From Parker. For that one man. I yeah. believe it's one man. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, it's but, really... but what's the Israel connection? Because only when you rang me up and you told me this, Rob. Yeah. What was weird is that that evening, I or the evening before, I had been in Sainsbury's and purchased some chicken schnitzels from the frozen food aisle, which were kosher and hang on, and and produce of Israel. Right. And I believe that somehow word got back to our brothers and sisters yes. in Israel that I had bought some chicken schnitzels and. The people of Israel said, so "Okay, that's good. You are you are buying produce from Israel. We shall reward you with lit with with hits to your website." That is the only thing I can believe. Well, possibly, Alex, but I mean, it, I don't. We didn't mention it on the podcast, so I think that's quite a tenuous link. But I mean, I'll just to put this in, into a contrast. So, I think the, context, context, no contrast. I mean, contrast. Oh, right. Yeah, um, I think it was seven times the amount of page views that the US had. I mean, we're talking thousands of views within the space of a week. And we've no idea why. Mm. Yeah, if anybody from Israel is listening and would like to email us and tell us why our podcast may or may not be popular in Israel, and indeed if you have any funny local news stories, uh, then uh, do submit them to us. Also, just to say very quickly as well, while we're on the subject of foreign listeners, we had an email from Jack who just wants to clarify a few things. Jack from Todmorden. Yes, Is he the one that always joke is doing something funny in Bangkok? That's correct, yeah. yeah. He's not in Bangkok anymore. So he says, just to clear the confusion about my location, I'm currently living in Tokyo. Ah. Uh, Been scouring the speaking newspapers here for stories, but sadly there's been not much report so far. Watch this space. Keep up the excellent work. My commute to work is made a lot more enjoyable with, with your podcast. Although the looks I get on the crowded Tokyo Metro when I start to giggle to myself are a little embarrassing. That I mean, I find that there's something amazing to think there's a guy in Tokyo, Jack, <laughs> listening to our podcast and laughing. And Jack, if you're doing that, make sure you spread the word in Tokyo. You're an ambassador for us. Maybe wear a Absolutely. t-shirt. We need to get some t-shirts printed up. <laughs> uh, and uh, and you know, just 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 say just, just say to people, you know, we should have sent him some business cards before he went. He could have distributed them around Japan. Good point. Good point. Well, there's, there's still time. Although yeah. I'm not willing to pay the the uh, the effort. Yeah, you tight bastard. Um, are you? Is that it, Rob? Are you ready to get on with it? And I, I think that's it. I just think to check, done. the Instagram account is now defunct. Uh, it will be taken down tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> Farewell, Instagram account. Bye. It was, it was, bye. It was. It was. It was a great journey, Rob. It was. It was. How many uh, pictures did you take? I think it was ten. Ten. It, it was good while it lasts, Alex. But oh, I call things that need to come to an end. You know what the sad thing is? The listeners will miss it, and then they'll think, "Damn it! I wish I'm that sure I had guessed." Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Maybe they should have tried harder at the time. Now, Rob. Okay, but this Rob is actually from um, the Metro. I'm just going to kick us off with this. It's not even a local news story, so I'm completely breaking with tradition. Okay. It's just, I just had to read it because I just don't know if anybody else read it and picked up on this like I did. Cool. It's a story about Tom Jones. Right. Rob, just prepare yourself for this. Rob, okay. It's very short. Rob, it's by Daniel Bins. That, um, good name. The headline is, My wife lost her spark to depression, says Sir Tom Jones. Uh, that's not a funny news story. Okay, can I just read it to you? Tom Jones admitted his wife of nearly 60 years has been battling depression since she was young. Speaking to the Sunday Times magazine, he implied his wife Linda had let herself go and lost her spark. <laughs> he added, I've realised she's had depression since she was young. Calling his 58-year 58 58 marriage rock solid, Sir Tom, who reportedly had numerous affairs, added that all the rest was fun and games. He married Linda when he was 16 and he recalls his wife once beating him up after reports of an affair with the Miss World hit the tabloids. He says, I stood there and took it. She chinned me. She punched and shouted, he said. The 75-year-old said he would not be able to sing again if his wife died. She suffers from emphysema, has twice had brushes with cancer. She's the most important thing in my life, an unbelievable woman, added Sir Tom. Right, this is the bit, Rob. 
This is the bit where I couldn't control myself on the train. Can I just make make a point? So he has had numerous affairs. Yeah, but he loves her. And it's a solid relationship. It's rock solid. And she's been growing increasingly more depressed throughout the course of their marriage. Does he notice? <laughs> Very, that's all I'm saying. Well, it might wait to your um, theory. might be added through this quote. This is his quote. Linda is the love of my life and she still is, even though she doesn't look like she did. I don't look like I did either, but I try my best. <laughs> his autobiography will be published this week and the Welsh star British has only read half the ghostwritten book. Now, Rob, would you like to see a, a very odd picture of Tom Jones and his wife? Of course. Um, Describe for the listener. Well, I mean, it's not the most flattering picture of him. So it's, or her. Uh, she looks like... His right. mother? <laughs> yes. She looks like the kind of woman you'd see in... How do I describe this? She's the kind of woman you'd see shopping in Poundland. She she has grey hair. She looks like a bit like Pat Butcher. She does, yes. But Rob, doesn't that pic, doesn't he look slightly sinister in that picture? He's got dark sunglasses on, a dark coat and gloves, and he's got his arm around her. But it looks like they've been superimposed together. It literally yes, looks like do. they've taken a picture Two of Tom Jones, random a picture of a woman walking down a high street somewhere in Luton, yeah. and they've just put them together. It's, I must admit, I'm sorry to say, but... Doesn't he that look does sinister? Not look, he does, but that also doesn't look like the wife of a multi-millionaire. No. But she I, looks like she works in Greg's. As I said, Linda is still the love of my life, even though she doesn't look like she did. I don't look like I did either, but I try my best. <laughs> I know you do try your best. You're going to sleep with other people, apparently. <laughs> what an amazing story. I know, I know I've completely broke tradition there, Rob, but I had to share it with our listeners. Well, I actually feel quite sorry for her. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> he just comes across as an absolute cunt. <laughs> yeah, he does. An absolute bastard. But, you know, Tom, I'm sure you're lovely. Now, <laughs> Rob... I am going to give you an update. Okay. I don't know what's happened. Who's already... Hang on. Steve from Derby is our Eagle Heights correspondent. Yes, that's right, yeah. So where the fuck is he then? Because, Rob, here's an update. James Parsons, new shopper... Can't remember when. Yesterday or something, two days ago. Falcon Brothers from Swanley failed to break world records. Oh, no! It ended in tears. That's a shame. Dick and Dom, the hawkish pelican... Because you reported on this. He submitted the story. yeah, yeah. He's gone AWOL again. What are we paying him for? Alex, he, he's doing his best. He's looking at the Derby Telegraph. Okay, Kyber's really got that covered. I mean, he might be a busy man. Steve, let us know what you do. I mean, you know, you need, you need to earn your crust, Jim Stern. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Dick and Dom, the hawkish peregrine falcons from Ironsford, have <laughs> unfortunately failed to break the 242 miles per hour speed record. Did they get, did they get even close? Um, well, basically, the feathered pair were taken up in a hot air balloon before dropping from the sky. That's how they did it. The two birds were they allowed to fly, or did they, were the wings like tied up and they literally just dropped them out of a balloon? <laughs> yeah, so they hit some. Well, I just saw, I just saw how fast. <laughs> yeah. The two bird brothers from Eagle Heights hoped to smash the Guinness World to be record as they plummeted two thousand foot from a hot air balloon. So they did plummet. It was not their day as trainer Jonathan Ames, the son, oh, twenty nine, recorded speeds approximately a hundred mi- hundred miles per hour short of the current record. I mean, that's so quite, quite a way off. Quite a failure. <laughs> Mr. Ames said they didn't break the world record, but it was amazing to watch. We've put so much effort into this, we'll be definitely going for the record next year. The pigeon-fed falcons rip through the skies at a respectable 150 miles per hour and 109 miles per hour, but neither Dick nor Dom were able to approach the speeds they needed to become title holders. Now the duo will be heading to the Alps, where they will practice free-falling off a 3,000-foot cliff face in preparation for their next attempt. 
Nicky Hopkins, 27, who's a minister of the centre, said, For a first attempt, we were amazed. The heat and noise from the balloon was immense, and both Dick and Don were absolutely brilliant dealing with it. Peregrine falcons are reportedly the fastest animals on the planet when in free fall, reaching recorded speeds of over 240 miles per hour. Just to clarify then, did they jump out the thing with them? No. They no, just they dropped them. Well, I so, don't think they did. So these poor peregrine falcons were just dropped. So basically, all they're doing is just taking these peregrine falcons on a tour of, the, of Europe and just dropping off high buildings. Well, high high. high Places, I suppose. Yeah, it, that 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 would seem to be the case, Rob. Is that not cruel? Um, <laughs> it's debatable. I mean, I, call, I know that cruelty is subjective in the terms of uh, eagle heights, but... Yeah, no, 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 it's a good point. But, I mean, there's the update, so we'll wait for Steve to update us further. My last story, Rob, is uh, from the Daily Echo. So we go down to Bournemouth now. Okay. Um, from the 5th of October. No journalist listed, I don't know why. I just like this story. Um, I look like Wurzel Gummidge. Woman sues Salon after treatment causes hair to, in quote, snap off. <laughs> Ooh, snap off. That's new. Yes, a woman who said she was looking like Wurzel Gummidge after a hair treatment. For any of our foreign listeners, Wurzel Gummidge is a, was a sort of fictitious scarecrow. Talking scarecrow, yeah. Children's yeah. programme. Very, very popular as well. But played by Pete... Bill Pertwee. B- B- Bill... Bill Pertwee? Pete... Bill Pertwee. Bill Pertwee. Who also played Doctor Who, am I right? Uh, yes, yes, I believe that's right, yeah. yeah. Anyway, after a hair treatment went awry... As won a settlement from a hair, hairdresser. Is it a rye? Yes. A rye, yeah. a Sorry. As won a settlement from a hairdresser. Mary Ingram of Merrick Park, Bournemouth, took the Canford Cliffs-based June Hair and Beauty Salon to court after her hair snapped off following an appointment 18 months ago. Oh, Jesus. She was asked if she would like a cleansing product applied to her hair before it was coloured. The product, which she later discovered was L'Oreal's Effasor, was improperly applied, she believes, and resulted in extensive damage to her blonde hair. Speaking after a judge at Bournemouth County Court... Found for her, Miss Ingram said, it states clearly on the packet that a strand analogy test should be performed before the product is applied. Okay. It shouldn't be applied to damaged hair, hair. However, at court, it was openly admitted that my hair is damaged and I wasn't offered an allergy test. So she had to have her damaged hair exposed in court. After her appointment, Miss Ingram spent a month in Scotland. <laughs> what recuperating? Where strands of her hair broke off centimetres from her crown. Yeah, I do like that. I think that's what you do. That, I think that is a euphemism. If you've had a traumatic incident, I'm spending a month in Scotland. Yep. And that means everybody piss off. I was quite like the phrase, um, centimetres from her crown. I, I liked it all, yeah. yeah. She was refused compensation decided to take the company to court, representing herself. Harley Street trichologist Dr. Hugh Rushton, a court-appointed What's expert a trichologist? witness. Hair. Oh. It is my opinion that on the balance of probability, the standard of hairdressing fell below that expected from a competent UK hairdresser. She's been awarded £4,500. Fucking hell, for a dodgy haircut! She said, I want to warn other people to get a skin test done before any unknown product is applied to their hair. For a while, I look like Wurzel Gummidge. Um, this is a picture of her holding up the offending product. Oh. Now, was this when she looked like Wurzel Gummidge, or is this when everything's back to normal? <laughs> I'm assuming it's, well, I hope it's when it's back to normal. Yeah. Um, also, she's a good-looking old lady, Alex, I think. No, no, to she, say. she is. Just a few comments. Euphoria75 says, Are you kidding me, Echo? This is hardly front-page news or news of any kind. It's lazy and sloppy journalism. I once bought some coat hooks from Homebase, and one of them snapped after a month. You could do a front-page article about the whole upsetting incident. <laughs> I still have the broken hook. I could hold it up to the camera for you. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd um, see that. What I was curious about, and I liked about this lady... <laughs> is that she has apparently been in the Bournemouth Echo previously, um, and I'm not going to read you the story, I'm just going to leave it up to your imagination. Oh, I now. Uh, with the headline, Mum calls for halt to gay sex in toilets. W- was she having gay sex in toilets? Uh, that's not clear, Rob. Uh. Last comment here, La Anglais. And I thought the Syrian migrants had a tough deal. Puts it all into context, doesn't it? Get a life, sorry, a wig. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Okay, Rob, have you got a story for us there? Yeah, I've done, it's a welcome return to the uh, the Gloucester Citizen. Hasn't featured for a few weeks. The Citizen! I'm just going to keep talking, see if you forgot to do it. No. Um, there's no journalist listed, um, although I do quite enjoy the story. Headline. Freddy Cougar and a floral pacemaker among top ten unusual flower... Sorry, funeral flower arrangement requests. Hang on a minute, there's some episode titles in there. Freddy Krueger and a floral pacemaker. Freddy Krueger, comma, a floral pacemaker and other unusual... Uh, 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 funeral flower arrangements. And other unusual funeral flower arrangements. Rob, Rob, that's a bloody good episode That title. is a good episode title, you're right. What was it? Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger, uh, a floral pacemaker and other unusual f- uh, funeral flower arrangements. Oh, fucking hell, I love that. It's a lot of Fs. <laughs> it is. There's more though, Alex. And right. also, I'm going to throw this in for free. There's a list as well. Right. A full model of Emmerdale Farm and a model of Freddy Krueger among the top ten most unusual flower, uh, funeral flower arrangement requests. Can I just say, as a special one-off, yeah, Freddy Krueger invading the town of Emmerdale would be a <laughs> cracking I'd TV event. Yeah, I'd and massacring. You know, you don't know how many staff members, uh, um, cast members, are going to be killed off. Emmerdale is a, is a soap opera on over here. Based in Yorkshire. Yeah, I've never watched it. No, not me. Uh, the study conducted by the UK's leading funeral uh, vehicle coach builder questioned more than 200 funeral directors about trends and unusual occurrences that have been uncovered during the course of their work within the funeral industry. Oh, fucking hell. Can you imagine what they've encountered? Oh, I mean, literally. It's just one of the, have you got the details? nature of the job, I yeah. think. Um, there hasn't gone a lot, but I mean, we've got the top 10... Unusual requests. Oh, right. Okay, good. Uh, For flowers? Yes, that's right, yeah. As, uh, as part of this, they were asked to specify unusual flower arrangements and tributes that they had encountered during their time in the business. The team at Wilcox Limousines then compiled a list of the top 10 answers, uh, the top, a list of top 10 from the answers. Are you ready for this? Do, do you want me to do it in, uh, as in countdown? Do you want know me to talk about? Well, yeah. Oh, it's a list, really. It's not really a countdown, is it? No, I just, I just do it normally. Number one. Hang on, should number one be last? Okay, number ten. <laughs> a half-submerged crocodile on top of a coffin. Rob, are there going to be lots of episodes? <laughs> uh, what was that? A half-submerged crocodile on top of a coffin? That's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, that, that's bizarre. Yeah, okay. uh, why would you want that? It's, I mean, obviously it's going to be morbid. Well, if you were killed by a crocodile? Yeah, that's true, but it implies that you're already dead at the point where the crocodile attacked you. Was the man who played Crocodile Dundee killed by a crocodile? Or have I just made that up? I think he's still alive. Oh. Is it Paul Hogan? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Number nine. Not related to Hulk. Not as far as I'm aware, no. Although there is some similarities when I think about it. Um, Number nine. A floor pacemaker. Sorry, pacemaker. Number eight. Blackpool Tower with likes included. I'd like to see that. Uh, Number seven. An oil rig. An oil rig? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, he died in in a massive fire. He died the way he lived. On an oil rig. <laughs> uh, number six, a snooker table with a queue and a pint on top. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number five, a British, airline, uh, British Airways liveried Boeing 747. Right, obviously a pilot or a keen traveller. Yeah, um, this is my particular favourite. Number four, a floral pint of Guinness with breakfast written on a ribbon in the front of it. <laughs> oh, so he, that's how he, he died, died of alcoholism. <laughs> right. Uh, Number three, a model of Freddy Krueger is already covered. Can I just ask, is one of them just stab, spelt out and left? <laughs> Shot. No, unfortunately not, no. Uh, two, uh, a quarter scale traditional Romany caravan. 
Uh, Rob, this is full of episode titles. <laughs> yeah. And uh, number one, a Ford model of Emmerdale Farm. It would be really good to have that episode title with Freddy Krueger in it, because it gets some hits from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street listeners. I'm not sure if there's... Uh, watchers. A... Fans. Uh, possibly, possibly. Uh, there might be an episode title in this sense as well. Other answers included televisions, uh, motorbikes, boxing gloves, boxing rings, cans of lager, cigarette packets, and even a cannabis plant. <laughs> <laughs> Will they agree to make anything? <laughs> I think so, yeah, pretty much. Right. Um... One, one antidote covered an unfortunate spelling of the person's name, Winker. Oh, oh! I'd like somebody to say, to, 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 to ring up and ask that they just want spelt out next to the coffee, you know, in the first, cunt. <laughs> um, Leo Wilcox, the Wilcox Limousine, said, We often see very poignant tributes in our line of work that, that tend to relate to a person's interests and passions, or quite frequently, their profession. For those working the funeral, it's quite it's quite common to see some rather unusual examples. Sometimes we see requests that even manage to catch us by surprise. Well, when we're both, I don't know, ninety six, and you, let's say you you popped off before me, we'd still be doing the podcast, obviously. Would you agree that after your passing, I could arrange for the words "LA podcast" to be spelled in flowers? It's because it might get us a few more hits. Uh, Alex, if we're still going, yes. I fully endorse that idea. Okay, can can we? I'll write something down. You sign it. Yeah, that's absolutely. I'm 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 fully on board with this idea. Because obviously, after that, I will be the recipient of all those donations. Yes, although it will just be you doing the podcast. That's, that, to be honest, that would be preferable. Okay, Rob, it's time for our general anaesthetic segment. And general anaesthetic, listeners, is where I cover a more national news story. If you see, local anaesthetic, general anaesthetic, play on words. Very clever. Oh, was that what it meant? Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. We did think once, didn't we, about doing a whole new podcast called General Anaesthetic and doing it bi-weekly. But then we decided that actually it might be a hell of a lot of work. Yeah, it just sounded like too much effort. In the end, and I mean, not that we don't put effort in this podcast, but that just that just pushes over. We would edge. have ended up burning the candle at both ends, Rob, and causing some kind of forest fire. Yeah, yeah, or certainly set our pubes on fire. Right. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk to you, Rob, this week. I am. I've got a couple of articles to feed into this, but I wanted to talk to you about the. As you know, it's conference season. Of course, how could you miss it? I. Um, and we've just had, this week, the Tory party conference. Yes. Now, have you watched any of it? Or seen any of it? Um, I'll be honest, Al, no. It's not really my cup of tea. No, but you haven't even seen pictures of it. Well, I've seen pictures of it, and I've, I've, I've been reading what's been said, so I've got a gist of exactly you have to. You must on. be amazed by the um, the difference between it and the other conferences, in that it looks incredibly like an American... It does. ...political party. You know, it's incredibly slick. The yeah. the backgrounds, the, the, the everything, the monitors, I mean... I, I was watching a video from some a report from the Guardian actually went there and he just said that the weird thing is it didn't feel like a political conference it felt like a corporate event yeah which is the Tories all over oh absolutely it's all it's all about the, the the facade it's all about the presentation it's not really about the politics it looked like hell on earth to me Rob like to be trapped there for a few days there have been quite a few things that have come out of this conference I mean I feel this conference is where fi- I just want to say, for whatever people criticise the Lib Dems for, I hope they now realise that the Lib Dems were actually putting the brakes on the Tories. I hope they realise now what the difference is. I know it was awful before, but this is them let loose. This is them without the facade being themselves, and they are fucking going for it. Absolutely. 
I'm only just going to mention two people, Jeremy Hunt and Theresa May. Jeremy Hunt is the health secretary. Yep. And Theresa May is the home secretary. Yes. I hate both of them with a passion. Yeah, I mean, my, I think my hatred extends to other members of the cabinet as well. I mean, I'll be honest, the vast majority of them. But no, yeah, I can understand why... why these two why... would particularly be in my... Yeah, yeah. Um, and the headline, um, this is just from the Mirror. Jeremy Hunt wants poor Brits to work like the Chinese and new insult piled on tax credit cuts. Have you heard this story? I have, yeah, yes, well, I think yeah. I sent you about it, didn't I? You did, and I have read it. The wealthy health secretary, worth an estimated £4.8 million, stepped up the Conservative war on the poor when he suggested underpaid staff lack dignity and self-respect despite being trapped in the poverty his party helped to create. Obviously, he didn't say that. This is a biased <laughs> article because it yeah. is from the mirror. Yeah. His sneering comments came at the Tory party conference in Manchester as Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn led 8,200 people in a nearby protest against the cuts, which I like it that he did that. Did you know he did that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think because he, he, he the first time a political he broke boss protocol has, to do yeah. that. The first yeah. time a political boss has broke a protocol that says they stay away from the opposite numbers and you'll get together. Anyway, Mr. Hunt said in one of these sort of meetings that go off somewhere in a side room. Yeah, he said there's a pretty difficult question we have to answer. Are we going to be a country which is prepared to work hard in the way that Asian economies are prepared to work hard in the way that Americans are prepared to work hard? My wife is Chinese. And we want this to be one of the most successful countries in the world in 20, 30, 40 years' time. What, where, why is that relevant? It's not. He, I mean, let's face it, I think it goes back to... Uh, the implication is is that we don't work hard like the Chinese. No, also, I think it goes back to the, the whole thing. Do you remember we had a quote from Jeremy Corbyn's brother who talked about the, you know, the, the, this imperialistic mm. view of the way, the, the, the way that Britain should be again, this, this industrial powerhouse? Oh, it absolutely goes back yeah. to that. This bullshit, because it would never happen. You want us to be like China. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is about creating a culture where work is at the heart of our success. We have to proceed with these tax credit changes because they're a very important cultural signal. Dignity is not just about how much money you've got. If you're earning it yourself, you're independent, and that is the first step towards self-respect. Now, that is implying very heavily that if you don't work, you've got no dignity or self-respect. Yep. That is actually. I don't that. think it's implying. I think that's more or less exactly what you're saying. You're stating. Unite General Secretary Len McCluskey said this is a disgraceful insult from the richest member of the cabinet to millions struggling to get by in a country that already works some of the longest hours in the Western world. These comments are an outrageous slur on all too many workers juggling two and three jobs to put food on the table and roof over their kids' heads. Single mum. Now they focus on an example. The mirror. Okay. If I'm doing a serious story like this, I don't pick this woman. Right. Because, well, you'll hear why. Okay. Single mum, Angela Chicken, is one of the millions... Angela Chicken? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, proper name, Chicken spelled Chicken, Angela Chicken. <laughs> is one of the millions who will lose her tax credits used to top up meagre wages. The 53-year-old who works 16 hours a week in a nursery near her Southampton home and has an 11-year-old son will have her £30 a week axed. She said it's a kick in the teeth. I've been working. I find it heartbreaking that single parents can be kicked even further. These politicians are completely out of touch with people. Now, he has said that he wants us to work harder like the Americans and the mm. China. I don't really know what the fuck he's going on about, but Chinese factories, as the Mirror points out, are often staffed by migrant workers who earn an average of £150 <laughs> a month in appalling conditions. Britain is flooded with cheap imports from China hitting our own workforce. Mr Hunt, who arrived at the conference to furious protests, last night tried to desperately backtrack on his comments. He claimed he was willfully misinterpreted. No, no. We, people have just heard the quote for themselves. Yep. There I was think- never a suggestion people don't work hard enough. I'm sorry, there was. And this is exactly what he did with the doctors. And what I like, because the only Tory I like is David Davis. Yeah. He's really he's, pro- I mean, he's a very principled politician yeah. as well. Tory David Davis warned the government has to balance the books, but the burden shouldn't be on the poorest who do nothing to create the problem. I hope this doesn't become our poll tax. And I really hope it does. Yeah, absolutely. 
But what annoys I think what Go on, Rob. Let it out. Realize, okay. They're saying go back to Mrs. Chicken's comments. Why did the chicken Why did the chicken cross the road? Well, apparently to collect her benefits. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think what we need to understand is the Conservative Party are not trying to connect with the poorest in society. They're not trying to create, uh, connect with the chickens of this world, bro. Exactly. They're trying to connect with the pigs. Very nice, Alex. Animal Very farm. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's it. They don't give... I'm sorry, but they have laid out in plain terms their agenda for the next five years. They're going to screw the poorest in society and blame them from every ill in society. And redistribute wealth to the rich. Yeah. I mean... We're talking a cabinet mem- a cabinet made up of millionaires who come from. Well, oh, I still can't work out how. Uh, the, the, I, I'm British. I'm proud to be British. Why have my fellow people voted this? Because Rob, can I just say the one thing about this government, mm. Rob? It is. Be- I, I'm really serious about this. With the stuff that you're about to hear next coming up, it is beginning to have the very strong familiar taste and smell of fascism yeah that's fair there is an undertone to it which is becoming deeply unpleasant where you, you single out minorities you single out the ill the the impoverished and blame them for the ills as it says blame for the ill society exactly what Hitler did he, he singled out those who weren't f- able to work who were disabled and said that it's, these are the people not con- contributing to the way the country is it's quite chilling yeah so let's move on to Theresa May, 6th of October. This is from BBC. Theresa May pledges asylum reform and immigration crackdown. You must have heard about yeah, this. of course. Home Secretary Theresa May has unveiled a reform of the UK's asylum rules during an uncompromising speech at the Conservative Party conference. Miss May pledged to reduce the numbers claiming in Britain while taking in the most vulnerable refugees from conflict zones around the world. Because you know she went on about this whole thing of if you're young, fit and able enough to get here, then you shouldn't be here. I, yes, I was aware of that. She said that high migration made a cohesive society impossible. Sorry, I need to. I, I'm really biting my tongue at this. <laughs> she said high migration made a cohesive society impossible. Her speech was criticised by business groups, with the Institute of Directors, which you know you think the Tories would be interested in attacking, its in irresponsible rhetoric. I'm pleased he came out and said that. Mm. The UK would not adopt a common EU policy in a thousand years, she said, promising a new British approach, including tougher treatment for people who have travelled to the UK from other safe countries. She said that people who have spurned the, chance, spurned the chance to seek protection elsewhere will not have an automatic right to stay in the UK. Instead, priority will be given to helping the most vulnerable people in the world's most dangerous places. That's how they try and soften it up, you see, Rob. Miss mm. May said the refugees, refugees should not be conflated with economic migrants. She said the desire for a better life is perfectly understandable, but there is a limit to the amount of immigration any country can and should take. Now, I do agree with this. I, I, can under, I understand this idea. She said when immigration is too high, when the pace of change is too fast, it can be impossible to build a cohesive society. Yes. It's difficult for schools and hospitals and core infrastructure like housing and transport to cope. Wages are forced down. Some people are forced out of work together. Not too sure about that. She said but even if we could manage all the consequences of mass immigration, Britain does not need the net migration in the hundreds of thousands every year, she says. Institute of Directors General Director General Simon Walker said he was astonished by the Home Secretary's irresponsible rhetoric and pandering to anti-immigration sentiment. I'm pleased he came out and said that. He said it's yet another example of the Home Secretary turning away the world's best and brightest, putting internal party politics ahead of the country and helping our competitor economies instead of our own, he said, adding that the myth of the job-stealing immigrant is nonsense. Speaking to the BBC Radio 4's The World at One, John Cridland of the CBI no less, said the government was ending up penalising skilled workers who, in quotes, add hugely to the collective economic strength of the economy. Refugee Council Chief Executive Maureen Wren said the asylum changes were thoroughly chilling. 
and she said becoming a refugee is not solely the privilege of the poor or infirm. Now I saved one quote for the end here, Rob, maybe to sum up this little segment. My favourite quote that Theresa May said, she said, addressing the party conference in Manchester, she said, the main way of claiming asylum by people already in the country had failed. And she said it rewarded the wealthiest, the luckiest and the strongest. Now, unless I'm very much mistaken, isn't the whole Tory party's objective to reward the wealthiest, the luckiest and the strongest? And indeed, I believe that would be a very, very good new Tory party slogan. Because, you know, they've had this slogan behind them, haven't they, all the way through? What is it? Um, no, it's, it's three words, isn't it? Uh, yeah, oh, what is it? Security, stability and opportunity. An opportunity. And I think it should be the wealthiest, the luckiest and the strongest. I think maybe just maybe the, the wealthiest, the privileged and the strongest. <laughs> no, I like the luckiest. Do you think? Is it, well, yeah, it is about the breaks you get in I life. suppose privilege is basically about luck, isn't it? Because yeah, it's, it's, it's just a lot in life that you're given, so... Yeah, exactly. The wealthiest, the luckiest and the strongest. Yeah, and fuck the rest of you. <laughs> okay, Rob, it is time for our listener story of the week. And Rob and I have come to look at Interesting funeral flower arrangements. We're in a funeral parlour, Rob. We've got the funeral march on in the background. It's... Alex, I don't think it's right breaking in. We should have broken in to, just to have a look at these funeral arrangements. I mean, I mean, they're very nice. I say funeral, I mean floral well, arrangements. It was closed, Rob. What else were we meant to do? No, you're right. Yeah, but I don't know. It feels a bit wrong in some ways. I mean, I mean, I know. That Rob, you're sitting on a coffin, and you're saying to me it feels a bit wrong. That's not. It's a... empty. There's no one in there. It's not a bench, mate. Um, did we bring any food? Can we eat here? We can eat here. Uh, yes, I did. This week, I've got a surprise for you this week. I bought some salted peanuts. Right. Yeah. I said you bring me food. I don't want any salted peanuts. Uh, salted peanuts. I, I, I crushed them especially for you. Right, okay. Is that a joke? <laughs> yeah, it's a joke. Salted peanuts? You just make that up? Yeah. What are you, the new Les Dennis? I mean, I Alex, I'm scared. All right, I'm trying to do my best not to think about where we it are. Would, it would help if we had the lights on, I'll be honest. Yeah, that, yeah, that isn't helping, I must admit. Look, okay, I'm going to try and calm myself down by reading us a story, because I think this is the only way we're going to get out of this situation. Right. So this week, uh, the story has come from Ben, who we haven't heard from in a while. Ben Halifax. From, ben yeah. Halifax from Sydney. That's right. Who used to live, who now lives in Brighton. That's right, yeah. yeah. He doesn't live in Sydney, or he used to live in Brighton, which is did, it? Did I think he, he lives in Sydney. I think he did, yeah, I think he lives in Sydney. Yeah, he does live in Sydney, but he used to live in Brighton. Anyway, this story is from the Mid-Sussex Times. Um, the journalist- yeah, for anyone who's interested, Mid-Sussex is uh, midway between East Sussex and West Sussex. Is that true? It must be. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Why? I'm just guessing. <laughs> okay. Even though I went to university there, I should know. I went to Sussex University for anyone who's interested. It's a fair point. Um, there's no journalist listed, but the headline... Spider-Man rescues Eastbourne couple off their car, bursts into flames. Uh, right. No, he didn't. No, he did. What do you mean, Spider-Man? Spider-Man. A man dressed in a Spider-Man costume leapt to the aid of people burning in a car. Yes. Fuck off. Exactly what happened. I would have heard about this. A pregnant Eastbourne woman whose car burst into flames while rushing her party... Hang on a minute. Did it mention the woman was pregnant in the headline? Uh, no. You should include that. That makes it even more thrilling. I just say... Oh, yeah, possibly, yeah. Um, while rushing her partner's hospitals, thanks Spider-Man for coming to the rescue. <sighs> Lucy Day, 36, from Eastbourne, was driving to hospital with her partner, Stephen Grant, 39. Wait for this. After he accidentally cut his finger off in a lawnmower. 
<laughs> While he was driving. Read that sentence again. Lucy Day, 36 from Eastbourne, was driving to hospital with her partner, Stephen Oh, Gold. right, right, I see. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, after he accidentally cut his finger off in a lawnmower. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? So he's probably holding his finger I mean, in ice. That's a horrific injury. He's probably packed it in ice. Yeah, yeah. Holding his finger, trying to stem the blood. She's driving in a panic. Because round there, you need to have a long drive to the nearest hospital. Why don't they call an ambulance? I'm not sure they would have responded to that, because you could, you could stop the bleeding. Fuck, fuck off. If I cut off my finger, you're telling me I can't ring an ambulance? Well, yeah. I mean, it's not an emergency. You're not going to bleed to death. You can stop the bleeding. But hey, well, I, I, think detached, I think if you detach a whole finger, it wasn't just cut, it was off. Well, he, he was driving okay. <laughs> if I chop off your <laughs> arm... Was she driving? Rob, if I yeah, chop your arm off, are you saying an ambulance would no, come no, no, out No, no, that's different, that's different. You cut your arm off, you might... You could I'm sorry, Rob, you're pissing me off. <laughs> Wait. Will an, uh, right, let's see how good Google is. Will an ambulance come out... Oh, the music stopped. I, was enjoying I know. <laughs> for, uh, for a severed finger... Severed finger. Amputated finger, what to do? Oh, hang on. Amputated tips and fingers and toes are very common, are they? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Grab a cloth to apply direct pressure to the stump. Elevate the injured hand above the level of the heart. Do not worry about the amputated part until bleeding has been controlled. Pick up the finger. Do not wash it. Wrap it in a cloth. Put it in a plastic bag. Put it in an ice pack. Do not let the ice come directly into contact with the amputated part as it will cause ice burns and mean the finger will not be able to sewn back. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm. You are chilling, not freezing the amputated part to prevent it decomposing. Transport amputated finger and person to hospital. If necessary, by ambulance! Yeah, but it said if necessary. We, the main gist was the fact that you pack up the finger, you stop the bleeding and get him in the car, which is what they were doing when... The family car suddenly burst into flames on Saturday, September 26th. How did this car spontaneously combust? We'll come on to that. Right. Um, Forces decide the road. not to, if that's okay. <laughs> no, you've made that joke before. <laughs> I, can make a, I can make it again. Um, can I make my, my Asaro Peanuts joke again? <laughs> no. Okay. Forces decide the road. The couple and their three-year-old daughter, that wasn't mentioned before either, Millie, was stranded in... Why did they di- take her along for the ride? I guess they had to. Yeah, you couldn't just leave her in the house. She might, she might cut her finger off. Maybe she was holding the finger. Maybe. <laughs> Here you are, darling. Hold daddy's finger. Um, was stranded in desperate need of help when a man dressed in a full Superman, a slight size Spider-Man suit, stopped to offer Sorry, his assistance. Rob, stop this What, story? Alex? What's the matter? It's bullshit. Do you believe any of this? It's true. What, what did he happen to be doing there? He was driving. He was driving to a children's party. Are you, he's a children's entertainer? Yes. Oh, my God. That is brilliant. This is How is this true. not all over the news? I don't know. It was probably on what you know, and finally on News at Ten. Yeah, yeah. Ow! Sorry, just hurt my feet with the chair. Oh, Fuck. Uh, uh, Jimmy hospital. Are you right? <laughs> Stop whining like a. You know. Uh, you have to laugh," said Lucy. When you're having a bad day and suddenly you see that, uh, I think it was a bit strange. Sorry, how did the car burst into flames? Uh, we'll come on to that. Right, but well, here's we, the moment. I don't want to. Oh, <laughs> it's mentioned later in the article. But the heat of the moment, I wasn't really thinking about it. I'm not sure she... I mean, the heat of the moment, that's a bit different. Love heat of the moment is, a, be is, about an that is an unfortunate pun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The couple were by rescued by children's entertainer Tom Roach, who works for Party Time Wishes. Tommy also- Roach. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> hey, kids. <laughs> He's wearing a skin-tight Spider-Man Have we got a picture? Right? Yeah, we have, yeah. Okay. we have got a picture of him. I don't know why this picture came from. It's just him surrounded by a bunch of children. Right, well, he's a children's entertainer. Oh yeah, that's were right. they willing to have their faces, uh, or are they all blurred out? Because that would make it, that would make it look more suspicious <laughs> <That> would. if they were. 
was heading to work at a children's birthday party when the drama unfolded. Tom, 24 from Hastings, was on his way to the party with his girlfriend, Hayley Bayman, 30, when they saw Lucy drive past. Um, he said, we could smell unbur- uh, we could smell unburnt petrol. Smell unburnt petrol? Oh, yeah, I suppose, yeah, just petrol. Normal leaking. petrol. Yeah, yeah. And could see smoke pouring out from the car. It's like something out of an action film. I was expecting the car to explode at any moment. We tried to flag them down. When I stopped, I was shouting. At Can them you imagine driving your husband, who's holding with the kid in the back holding a severed finger, and you're getting beeped at? Sorry, and you look round, and there's there's Spider Man with his arm out the window trying Just to wave you at you. <laughs> Wouldn't you notice the smoke billowing out your car in the rear view mirrors? Maybe, yeah, you would have thought so. The kids in the back going, "Mummy, mummy, there's smoke coming out the car. Shut up and hold the finger." Mummy, I've dropped out his finger in the seat. <laughs> Shut up, the car's on fire. All that. <laughs> um... We called, them over to us and they, uh, we called them over to us and they got in the car. Um, she was saying, we need to get to the hospital. So we drove over there. So hang on, he didn't break them out of the car. Then they just opened the doors and got out. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's you fine, told though. me he rescued the... them from a burning vehicle. He did vehicle. rescue them. The car, the car was on fire. He and stopped he the good door and up in. Well, that would be, be a great episode of Spider-Man, wouldn't it? A great comic. <laughs> he did open the door. Yeah, up in. All while I was dressed in a full latex Spider-Man costume. Uh, the couple were able to get to, their, to get to the Eastbourne DGH, not sure, obviously, the hospital, where doctors successfully reattached Stephen's finger. That's good news. Um, the cause of the fire in the couple's Land Rover is still unclear, although fire service believe it may have been a technical fault. Lucy... Did, did the finger get stuck in the exhaust? <laughs> Why would his finger be in the exhaust? Try and, try and get yourself out of this hole. Why did he put his severed finger in the <laughs> try exhaust? Try and get yourself out of that hole. After... <laughs> I don't know. Just an idea. Lucy is 22, 22 weeks pregnant with her second child said we're concerned that the relative new vehicle with a reputation of safety and reliability this isn't relevant. Why are you saying this? Should fail in such a dramatic way. Why is it relevant? Oh, but why she got on to but why specifically in that way? Mm. To say compensation. We're concerned that the reliability uh, but the reliability Wouldn't you be pissed off if your brand new Land Rover burst into flames? Yeah, true, true. It's not normal. That's not normal operating. Uh, you know, f- f- it's not in the normal range of faults. Is that, that not what, how they happen? Is it no, no, okay. no. I, I know I, you don't drive. I don't drive. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, Rob, mate, my car burst into fire last week. I've got to take it to the garage. No, no, okay. it's more like a flat tire, broken carburetor, whatever goes on in there. Fair enough. Uh, the fact we couldn't get an ambulance is worrying. But yeah. Ah, you see? No, no, no. She doesn't say she called an ambulance. She said she couldn't get an ambulance. Um. It goes to show there's something really wrong with the care the care available in Eastbourne. Well, but then she doesn't say she called an ambulance. Show me Spider-Man. Okay. Right, where is he? Uh, where's his picture? Sorry. Oh. Oh, yeah, there he is. Sorry. I mean, the way he's sitting... I just think it's a bit unfortunate. Also, there's just... There's no worry... There's the quite worrying... Just, just look where... Look at his crotch. <laughs> Rob, you can see his package. Yeah, I know. Quite visibly. He's packing a salami down there. <laughs> For, right, okay, look. I was wondering if he is at half mast. <laughs> right, look, Rob. <laughs> I need to describe this. This is a picture, of a, this is a picture of a lawn. With Spider-Man kneeling down sort of with one leg up looking quite awkward. He's a skinny Spider-Man. It's quite a good costume. There are kids all crawling around him in sort of face paint. And there is a... Did you notice it the first time you looked at the picture? No, I hadn't. It was only that time when I enlarged <laughs> Rob, it. Rob, there's a huge bulge in his... Uh... Yes, I, I, I saw that the second time around. And what looks like a woman from the side taking a picture of his crotch with an iPhone. Oh, yeah. 
don't know that either. Also, what's worrying is why is he in that particular pose where he's just literally like he's not in like a typical Spider-Man pose. He's just kind of kneeled over. Look, I mean, as a children touch him, as a children's entertainment, it looks like his sole his sole purpose is he goes there, he kneels down, and all his kids come up and go, "It's Spider-Man." He doesn't actually do anything because what, what would your act be as Spider-Man exactly? Do you think he's just kind of just crying in that mask, <laughs> realizing this is his life? Oh God! <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Just go to people's houses and let their children touch him. <laughs> now, I'm really sorry because they started about a story about him rescuing. Now we, we've cast. He didn't rescue. He opened a car door. Well, no, but he still managed to save this family in some way. A uh, hero. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's a hero. No comments on this story. Uh, there's a few. I mean, uh, they're, they're, to be fair, they're, they're all quite positive. Really. Right. Um, let's have a look. Um, Eastbourne local says fantastic work by Spider-Man. Congratulations! You should get a medal. Um, Larry Fish says who? Larry Fish right. okay. maybe some we've had a, Mrs we've, Chicken we've had Amanda Chicken and Larry Fish they should really get together Mrs Chicken and Fish oh god <laughs> and, 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 and double barrel it yeah, yeah. Uh, well done to Mr Roach aka Spider-Man um, Jeff W says uh, wonderful news it's nice to see some positive news and that others help each other in the hour of need well done um, yeah it's that kind of thing it's, it's all it's all very upbeat, Alex. It's, it's quite strange, really. It's a happy news story, Rob. Yeah. As we listen to the funeral march. <laughs> so, Rob, do you like any of these different flower arrangements? Well, I mean, they're okay, but I was, I was thinking I wanted something a bit more, um, you know, jazzed up, something, I don't know. Sexy. Yeah, maybe like a massive shringe or something. Do you think anybody's ever had it spelled out in words, sexy? <laughs> sexy corpse. Oh. No, that'd be wrong, wouldn't it? Oh, Sorry, right. I, I went dark there. It's a good name for it's a band, though. Sexy Corpse. Yeah, you're right. Let's, let's get out of here. Um, well, Rob, on that note, that brings us to the end of episode... This is episode 155 now, Rob. It is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. As we uh, look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation, yet trepidation, to episode... Our next episode will be 100 and episode 56, Rob. As we move ever more forward, like... Well, it has to be this story, doesn't it? Like a like a couple driving down the motorway with their kid in the back who's holding the severed finger of their father who chops off with a lawnmower whose car suddenly bursts into flames who's waved down on the side of the road by a children's entertainer dressed as Spider-Man on the side of the road who opens his car door and takes them to safety. Just like that, Rob. <laughs> we move ever more forward to our next episode, which will be 156. And all that remains now, Rob, is to wave goodbye to this... To the, you okay? Yeah, I'm just thinking. It must be really. Ross, you're looking really stressed. To, um, if just think about that poor man. I mean, luckily he didn't try and flag anyone down because he had four fingers. People may not. May, I mean, as he waved his bloody stump at passing traffic. Talking about waving bloody stumps, Rob. It's time to say goodbye. Bye, Rob. Go on, wave your bloody stump. <laughs> you're a bit of a stump, aren't you? I don't understand. Bye, Rob. I mean. <laughs> Rob, it's the end of the episode, Rob. Bye. We've managed to kill off so many shit features over the time, and this one just seems to keep coming back. And it is a feature, Alex. I don't care what you say. It is a feature. Look, we're killing... Rob, we're just saying goodbye. It's natural. That's what people do when they say... But you're not saying goodbye to me. It's this this weird thing that you've created. I'm the episode. I'm episode 155. But we haven't finished the episode, have we? Bye, Rob. (laughs) Because we then go on to say other bits. Yeah, I stay for that bit and then I go, I've got the cab waiting, he's on the meter. Can we get one with him? Yeah, bye. Bye, Rob. See you again. See you soon. Oh, I actually said see you again. Why did I say that? And on that note, we... Uh, <laughs> every week, seriously. 
We can be found on our website, which is lapodcast.net. We are on Twitter at, at lapodcast. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash lapodcast. I mean, every week! We're on Tumblr. What, what? Yeah. Yeah. We're on Tumblr at tumblr.com. Uh, uh, Tumblr.com. No, what is it? lapodcast.tumblr.com. Is that right? I don't care. If you find it, look it up on Tumblr. Uh, we did have an Instagram account, but that is being closed down. Uh, we're having a, uh, a warehouse liquidation sale. If you, if, you go, if you really try, really search, you can still find the SoundCloud as well. <laughs> it's, that's right, it's, it's still there somewhere. Um, and if you want to submit us a story, if you're in America, if you're in Israel, if you're in Argentina, for the love of God, email us a story. We'd love to have some more listener stories from around the world. All you've got to do is find a funny story that happens somewhere in your country and send it to us. And hopefully it will feature on our listener story of the week. And of course, you can email us that story as well if you want at lapodcast.net at gmail.com. That's lapodcast.net at gmail.com. It looks like the episode's about to get in a cab, Rob, so we need to hurry up. Yeah, fuck off. God bless. And keep it local. Bye. Bye.